following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning again. I'm Pastor Chris. For those of you who came in, uh, we are excited about this series. It's going to be a great uh, a great lead-in uh, to Easter Sunday here at Coastal, and uh, God's going to do some amazing things. Uh, uh, we're excited about today, about this week. Uh, 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 the other reason, kind of big thing that's happening here at Coastal that we're excited about this week is that uh, this is Life Group uh, Week. All of our life groups begin this week. Are you excited about that? Woo! I know I, know I am. My group starts this week. Uh, it, it's Valentine's Day this week. Woo! Are you excited about that? Always excited about that. After today, you're not going to spend any money on Valentine's Day. I know. Um, actually, it's my uh, uh, Valentine's Day. For those of you who don't know, it's my 31st wedding anniversary. So uh, for for me and Janet, and um, our our first date was Valentine's Day, and we got married the next Valentine's Day. So uh, we're excited. Um, but I'm excited that you're here for the beginning of this series. But um, let, let me let me ask you a question. Okay, let's just let's just dive right into it. Uh, why why do a series on on finances, on money, on you know, financial planning and getting out of debt and all that stuff. Why? Well, because quite frankly, guys, we need this. We all need this. You know, our country needs this. You know, so many people today are under financial stress. Uh, poll after poll lists financial stress as the leading cause, one of the leading, leading causes of divorce uh, in our country. Uh, our church needs this. You know, week after week here in Coastal, we, we get prayer requests turned in related to uh, money and finances. And so we need to talk about this. And uh, I really believe that God is going to do some amazing things here at our church uh, during this series. Uh, a lot of people are going to begin the process of, of digging out of the financial mess that they're in and uh, pay down a lot of debt. Uh, marriages are, are going to be healed. And I really believe, because it happens all the time here at Coastal, uh, people are going to be set free. Now, saying all of that at the same time, I have been the pastor here for going on 28 years, and I realize that every time um, I use the word uh, finances or money, uh, you know, any of that comes up in the church, people get nervous. You know, they do. They, you know, why is that? I mean, why? Why are Christians of all people afraid to talk about money? You know, we say the Bible is our roadmap to life. The Bible talks about everything, including our money. So why are we so afraid? Why, Why are people scared of the word tithe? Have you ever noticed that? I mean, there are some Christians, the average Christian is probably more afraid of the word tithe than they are of Satan, <laughs> you know? I mean, just think about it. Pastor Chris, you know, Satan, who cares about him? You can preach about him all day long, but don't talk about tithing, <laughs> you know? People freak out about that. Well, during this series, sure, we're going to clear the air a little bit um, on trusting God with your finances, that you don't have to be afraid, you know, to give over control to God and to allow him to have first place in your life, all of your life, every area, including your finances. And that's really what this series is all about. Who's in control? Who's in first place? Now, 
What's going to happen today is I want to give you just a kind of an overview, big picture of where we're headed in this series. And I am going to move pretty fast. I'm going to throw a lot of stuff at you in a very short period of time because I just want to lay the foundation for this series. And then at the end of today, I am going to challenge you to make some commitments uh, regarding your financial freedom. And each week during the series, we're going to ask you to, to make some commitments, to make some decisions, uh, even though you might not walk out of here today in complete financial freedom. Um, you could walk out of here today moving in the right direction, taking some necessary next steps. So this morning, here's what I want to do. I want to give you five basic steps toward moving, uh, to moving toward financial freedom. Okay, so you're taking notes. Make sure you write this down. Step number one, you've got to determine your priorities. Determine my priorities. You know, everything we're going to talk about in this series ultimately really is about priorities, and that is how are you going to manage all the stuff that you have been given, that you have been entrusted with? So we talk a lot at Coastal, you know, about managing our time and managing our talents and our gifts. But in this series, we're going to talk about how you and I are, are supposed to manage our money. So that's called stewardship. Write that down. Stewardship equals management. Stewardship equals management. Now, there are two basic ways to manage your life, two basic worldviews, two basic mindsets when it comes to your life, your priorities, and yes, your money, okay? You can live life with a closed fist or an open hand, okay? A closed fist or an open hand. In fact, right now, I want everybody in the room to, uh, to make a closed, tight fist, okay? I want you to really squeeze it hard. And hold it that way until I tell you to release it. Now, whenever you live life with a closed fist, what you are saying is, everything I have is mine. You know, I worked for it. I earned it. It is all mine. No one's getting it out of this hand. It is my money, my car, my stuff, my life. Closed fist. By the way, Whenever you live your life with a closed fist, whenever you close your fist around, you're going to worry about it. But when you open up your hand, everybody open up your fist. Whew, feels better, doesn't it? Okay? Relax your hand. You know, when you live life with an open hand, you're saying, God, it is all yours. All of it. Ultimately, everything I have, it all came from you, and so I'm going to trust you with all of it. You, God, you're the owner. I'm just the manager. In fact, God, I'm going to take every area of my life, everything, my, my life, my relationships, my schedule, my stuff, my home, my car, my gifts, my talents, my job, and yes, even my money, and I'm going to take it all, and I'm going to give it back to you. It's yours, I just manage it. Now, whenever you open your hand and you give every area of your life over to God, God takes your worry, your uncertainty, your fear, and he replaces it with his peace, his freedom. You see, you are really opening up your hand to God, and at the same time, what you are doing is that you are opening up your life, your hands, to receive 
God's blessing to receive from him. Now, which way do you think, which way of life, which worldview, which mindset do you think God ultimately is going to bless? You know, that's why Jesus said this in Luke 16, 11. He said, so if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, in other words, you've got a closed fist, who's going to trust you with true riches? In other words, Jesus was saying, hey, how you manage your money, how you see life has a lot to do with how God blesses you. Now, back to this verse, what are the true riches of life? Well, hopefully we've all come to understand that the true riches of life are the things that money can't buy, right? Like relationships, like making an impact in the world with your life, like peace and purpose and meaning and fulfillment and joy, all that stuff. We know that's the true riches. And God said, I can trust you with true riches if you prove yourself faithful with how you manage your money. So like it or not, there is. There, there's a spiritual connection. There's a, there is a connection between your wallet and your worldview, your wallet and your priorities. And that's why this series that we're going to be in here, it really is ultimately a spiritual growth series. Now, yes, sure, we're going to talk about you know, managing money. We're going to talk about how you break the bonds of materialism and get out of debt. We're going to learn some of the things that the Spears learned in that video. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to talk about, as Dave Ramsey says, you know, living now like nobody else so that ultimately you can live like no one else. But it all starts, it all begins right here with your priorities, with your worldview, with your mindset. Who do you put first in your finances? Do you have a closed fist or do you have an open hand? Do you really believe and act and behave as though it all belongs to God or is it yours? You know, you're, you're, the, you're the owner and the manager. You know, a lot of what we talk about here at Coastal is, you know, about putting God first in every area of your life. He, if he's not Lord of everything, he's not Lord at all. And so whatever, whatever area in your life you want God to bless, you gotta put him first in that area. You know, you want God to bless your health? Well, you gotta put him first in your health. You know, you want God to bless your marriage, your family, then he has to be first there. You know, stop praying for God to bless your business unless he's first in your business. And yes, you want God to bless your finances, then you gotta put him first there. Jesus, in fact, said it this way, Matthew 6, 33, and he will give you all that you need from day to day. Wow! Man, that is an amazing promise, isn't it? He'll give you all that you need from day to day if, now circle that word if, okay, if, and then I want you to draw a line under the rest of this verse. If you live for him, and you make the kingdom of God your primary concern. If, so, so you live for God, and you, you make him the priority, his kingdom, it, it's his, open hand. And if you do that, he says, I will give you all that you need from day to day. So it starts with your priorities. Number two, once you determine your priorities, decide to get out of debt. Make the decision. You know, that's the, you know, the, the, the point of uh, conflict that the Spears came to. They had to, you know, all right, we've got to make this decision. You know, debt is a very interesting thing. 
You know, depending on what statistic you read, the average American right now has somewhere between fifteen and dollars and $20,000 worth of debt. Some of you are way above average, right? Way above average. You know, if, if you're in debt, I, I, wanna, I want you to know that getting out of debt, getting out of debt, it is a process. You know, th- there is no quick fix you know, it's not going to happen overnight. If you're waiting for the lottery, you know, it's just not going to happen. You know, it's, it's going to be a long, hard road. But every great journey, every great destination begins, starts with a commitment, a decision to get started. You know, some of you are fed up right now with your finances. And that's okay. You know, being, being fed up sometimes is a good place to be because it forces you to take a look at yourself, to take a look to God, to take action. And so make the decision today. You know, the Bible says actually that remaining in debt, to stay in debt, is is wicked. Psalm 37, 21, listen to this. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. So in other words, you know, if you don't have a repayment plan, you know, for the debt that you're in, you are actually living in a state of wickedness. Now, I know you might push back a little bit and say, well, you know, Pastor Chris, I have a repayment plan. You know, I, I pay the minimum on my credit cards. That's the repayment plan that I'm in. Let me tell you something. That's no repayment plan, okay? In fact, that is exactly, exactly what the credit card companies are hoping that you will do. That's what they are banking on, you know, that, that you will do. Now, if you went out last week, you know, for the Super Bowl, and you went over to Best Buy, and you spent $1,500 on a TV, you got the Mac Daddy television, and you put that on one of their credit cards where they said, we love you, we care about you, we don't want you to make any payments for 24 months. And so you take them up on that, so you wait 24 months to make your first payment. And then you decide, well, you know, right now I'm just going to make the minimum payments on that card. Do you realize it's going to take you over 10 years to pay off that television? You're going to end up paying twice as much as as the cost of the television through interest alone. In other words, they don't want you to repay. They want you to stay in a place of wickedness, in a state of bondage. Now, Here's one of the keys of getting out of debt, and we're gonna come back to this over and over and over again in this series. Write this down. You gotta learn to be content. You gotta learn to be content. Oscar Wilde said that the problem lies in reconciling my gross habits with my net income, okay? I like that. In other words, learning to be content with what you have instead of always, always, you know, getting more, being obsessed with having more. Hebrews 13.5 says this. Stay away from the lure, the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now, and I want you to read just the first part of that verse to them. Just look them in the eye right now and say, stay away from the love of money. Just do that right now. Go ahead. Stay away from the love of money. Now, turn to the neighbor on the other side and say, and maybe shake your finger this time. Be satisfied with what you have, okay? Say that. 
Uh, there might be some marriage counseling I gotta do later. I know, I, okay, don't shake your finger if it's your wife or husband. Anyway, you know what that means? I mean, come on, practically, guys, maybe it means that you don't have to have the latest iPhone, okay? You don't, you know? You may do with your sorry piece of equipment or something. You know, maybe you got a flip phone, you, you, you go up a little bit, but, you know, you, you're content with what you have. You know, that means that you don't have to have that next pair of shoes, you know, another pair of shoes. You know, yours might be good for one more season. You know, he, here's what I want you to do today. I want you to go home, I want you to get a pair of scissors, and I want you to cut this verse out of your outline, and I want you to put it on the back of every credit card that you have, or at least put it in your wallet, put it in your purse, so that every time you swipe that thing. Now, I'd, I'd really just challenge you today, let, we're gonna pass around some scissors, we're gonna start cutting credit cards. I know, realize for some of you, you know, it's the more of a debit card, and that's how you pay your bills and all that. But so write this verse down though so that you can be reminded of this principle of commitment. And we are, we're gonna come back to this over and over again. The Apostle Paul put it this way. Listen to this. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Now what does that mean? Well, you know what I think he's, what he says to me there is that contentment really does have to be learned. You know, in and of ourselves, we are not naturally content. We are naturally discontent, never satisfied, always got to have more. We got to learn it. Then he says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. And again, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. In other words... Being content is also not about your circumstances. It's not about your level of income. Now what's funny is that this next verse is the verse that, we, that most believers, most Christians, especially if you grew up in church, um, you know, we, we all know this and we quote it all the time. It's one of the most famous verses of all time. I mean, I see it on people's shirts, you know, working out or something. I see people tattooing this on their arm, on their bodies. Here it is, you ready? I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Man, that is awesome, man. I love that verse. Man, it's powerful. I believe in the principle there. But you know what the context of this verse is? is that you and I, yes, actually have the power and the strength to be what? To be content. That's what it's about. Wow. You know, so next time you quote that verse, you go like, I don't have to have that iPhone. I don't need another pair of shoes, you know? I can brown bag it, right? You know? Because I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, we're going to talk a lot more about getting out of debt and we're gonna go into detail about it in the weeks to come. But today, begin by just making the decision that you are fed up and you're gonna learn the secret of being content. Number three, discipline myself in small financial ways. Discipline myself in, in small financial ways. Now, many of you, of course, are familiar with Dave Ramsey, and we've offered that uh, multiple times here at Coastal. Um, and if you are, I'm sure you've heard of the snowball effect. Now, finally, this past January here in Charleston, we can actually all relate to this illustration, right? You know, I, I, you finally know how to build a snowball. You, you pick up a little handful of snow, you pack it down a little bit, you drop it on the ground, you start rolling around on the ground, and little by little by little, what happens? That snowball gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And basically, that's how you get out of debt. And we're gonna talk a lot about that. You, but you make the decision today that though this might start very small, 
You know, and, and Dave Ramsey talks about attacking that, that smallest debt first and going at it and doing whatever it takes. And once that's paid off, then, you know, adding all that to the next one. And little by little, over time, it will grow. The Bible also talks about that. Luke 16, 10, Jesus said, unless you are faithful in small matters, you won't be faithful in large ones. If you cheat even a little, you won't be faithful with greater responsibilities. You won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So let me ask you, how could you start in disciplining yourself in small financial ways? How could you begin the process to financial freedom, even this week? Let me, let me throw out a few. You know, one, you could decide that you are going to be a part of the series, in fact, I'm going to ask you later on to make that commitment. You know, you're here at the, at the kickoff. You know, maybe you're just here because you want 500 bucks, you know, possibly. Um, you know, you're excited. You got a lot of, we got a lot of energy in the room today. Well, come back next week. You know, come back the following week. Be a part of this series and make it a commitment from now until Easter. Let me ask you, you know, think about it. Is your financial future... You know, the next 25, 30, 40, 50 years of your life not worth seven weeks of investment. I think it is. You know, a, a year from now, you're going to regret it if you don't start this process today. Here, here's another small one. Make the decision to get out of debt. Again, you've got to come to terms with that. Now, again, it might be four, five, ten years but you, you begin by making the decision. You know what? I, I'm going I'm to stop going deeper into debt. I'm going to put on the brakes. Here's another one. Decide to cut back on one thing this week. And then just, you know, begin the process of saving toward financial freedom. Let, let me give you a little example. Eating out. Nothing wrong with eating out, but, you know, if you're in debt and you're, you're going deeper into debt, let, let's, let's talk about it. You know, the average American today spends somewhere around $10 a day eating out. That might be you, you know, and, and so you could discipline yourself and say, okay, what I'm going to do is over the course of a week, and by the way, part of the process, and we'll come back to this, is just actually getting a, a reality check of really where you are, and you know, the Spears talked about that, actually finally opening up those bills and looking at all of your debt, but just say, okay, well, what we're going to do over the course of this week is I'm going to start, you know, bringing my lunch to work. Again, brown bag it, Right? You know, my, my little tuna sandwich, you know, it doesn't cost very much, maybe 50 cents or a dollar. So let's say you did that, you know, five days a week. Well, that $10 turns into $50 saved every week, which would equate to $200 a month, which ends up being $2,400 a year multiplied by three years. That's $7,200. Man, that little tuna sandwich is tasting really good right now, isn't it? It is. And so you can begin to use that to start paying down your debt. You know, the Spears talked about beans and rice, right? You know, it tastes pretty good when you know what it's doing. And so if you're in debt $16,000, that means over the next three years, just by taking your lunch, you pay down almost half of it. And so that snowball effect starts to happen. Let me, let me give you another one. I, I'm, I am not against Starbucks, okay? And we got a lot of great, you know, coffee places here in Charleston, you know. But let's say that you replaced your $4 latte with a splash of whatever, you know, at Starbucks or your local, you know, coffee barista, um, and you replace it with coffee from home. And you do that for like five days a week, 52 weeks a year, that's over $1,000 a year. 
You see what I'm saying? It's the little things done consistently over time that make a big difference. You know who knows these principles? Wealthy people. You know, you, you, know, you, you might think you know, reading a chapter a day, just one little chapter of the Bible every day doesn't make a big difference. But over time it does. Praying five, ten minutes a day, you know, it doesn't sound like much, very much. But wow, over time it makes a big difference. You know, your health, exercising 30 minutes a day, you know, four or five days a week doesn't sound like an awful lot, but over time it adds up. Saving $10 in every paycheck. You know, maybe, maybe 50 or 100 depending on what you earn. You know, in the, in the beginning it might not sound like very much, but over time, the miracle of compound interest and the snowball effect, it makes a big difference. The Bible gives us this encouragement in Galatians 6.9. Don't get tired of doing what is good. Don't get discouraged and don't give up. For you will reap a harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. You know, for you, what is it? What's that small little thing that you could start today? It is the small things done consistently over time that make a huge impact. Number four, discover the joy of generosity. The joy of generosity. You know, true financial freedom comes when you discover that there really is more joy in, in giving than receiving. That there's just more joy and satisfaction that comes in life living with an open hand than with a closed fist. Now, if you're in the room and you're a parent, you know, you got children, you have already discovered this. You know, when you were younger and you, you know, it was at Christmas time, man, you know, you love, you love to get presents, you love to get Christmas presents, you loved all of it, but, you know, when you got a little bit older and then you became a parent, something switched a little bit for you, something changed just a little bit. You know, the Christmas presents you received, you know, while great and good and all that, it really just wasn't the same anymore. Now, students and young adults in the room without children, I'm going to break the secret parent code and let you in on a secret. Your parents love you. They do. And they appreciate those slippers. They, they really appreciate that soap on a rope or those socks that you got them at Christmas with their own money. And, uh, I mean, they do. They appreciate it. But, you ready for this? They're real joy comes from giving to you. It does. You're like, whew, good, I don't have to get them anything anymore. No, you know, it, but it does. It, it's watching you, watching your joy, watching your excitement, watching you open those gifts. Why? Because it really is more fun to give than it is to receive. That's what generosity does in people. You know, the word miserable and miser come from the same root word. A miser lives with a closed fist and ultimately they are miserable. But the generous person, he lives with an open hand and is blessed. Again, think about it. Which way do you think God is going to bless? Which way is God going to work through? You know, when you close your fist and your hands and you say, it's all mine, all you are doing is you are closing off God and you are keeping him from meeting your needs and blessing your life. 
You know, what did Jesus say? Luke 6, 38, listen to this. If you give, you will receive. Your gift will return to you. Listen to how it will return. In, in full measure, pressed down, shaken together so that you can make room for more and running over. Whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it'll be used to measure what is given back to you. What's he talking about there? Open-handed, generous living. You see, when you're generous, you're actually becoming more and more like God. You know, John 3, 16, the most famous verse in the Bible. What does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave, that, that so much that he gave selfishly, that, that he selfishly closed his fist and he kept his son up in heaven. It doesn't say that, does it? For God so loved the world so much that he gave. He gave. Circle the word gave. You know, he didn't just give anything. He gave us his very best. He gave, what does it say? His one and only son. So that anyone, everyone who believes, listen, that's you. And, and he's talking about Jesus, who believes in Jesus, will not perish, but have eternal life. Man, the reason it feels so good to be generous is because you're acting like God when you do it. You know, that's why Jesus is quoted as saying in, in Acts 20, 35, it says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And so sure, we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about releasing the power of generosity in this series in your life. So let's review. If you wanna move toward financial freedom, look at your outline. Determine my priorities. You know, what's my worldview? What's my attitude, my mindset seriously toward, you know, the stuff of life? Is it, you know, is it mine or is it God's? Am I the owner or am I the manager? Do I have a closed fist or an open hand? Number two, decide to get out of debt. Decide to get out of debt. Number three, discipline myself in small financial ways. What are, what's one small thing that I could start, that I could do? Number four, discover the joy of being generous. Start today, be a giver. And then number five, decide to start today. Decide to start today. You know, in other words, there's always a reason to wait in life. There just is. You know, procrastination is an extremely dangerous thing. I do not, you know, I don't claim to be, and you're gonna figure that out in this series for sure. I'm not an expert on, you know, what's going on financially in this world. I don't pretend to be. But something I think we can all agree on is that one of the reasons why our, our country, our, our world, and so many of us are in the mess that we're in today financially is because people keep putting off right decisions until later. You know, have you ever been guilty of that? I know I have, we all have. You know, just putting things off, putting things off. You know, I'm gonna get healthy. You know, I'm gonna be a better father. I'm gonna be a better husband. I'm gonna get out of debt someday. I'm going to start saving someday. I'm going to start honoring God with, with my money someday. And then someday never comes. Man, listen to me. Today, today is someday. 
And if there is anything that we can learn from the financial crisis that we're in today is that we need to wake up and and no longer put off responsibility until tomorrow because tomorrow never comes. Let's make the commitment to do it today. And so I wanna challenge you to do it today. And what we're gonna do, the way we're gonna do that is that I'm gonna challenge you each week to make a commitment. One or two commitments. Today I got three for you. Now, don't worry, they're, they're really simple, okay? The three commitments are there in the back of your Connect card. I want everybody to pull out your Connect card. You've already filled that thing out, right? Because you want to win the chance to uh, $500 to pay down your debt, and that's great. But take a look at these commitments. Pull them out just for a moment. I'm going to ask you to make these commitments public in just a few minutes in, in a way by, don't worry, just by turning in your card today at the end of the service. Now, again, most of you are going to do that anyway, Okay? But let's look on the back of your Connect card. The first one says this, I will make this series a priority. I kind of already touched base on that one just a little bit. Again, you know, maybe you're out of town this week, you know, maybe you get sick, you know, but as much as possible, make the commitment today. You know what? I'm going to be here. I I need this. I'm going to step through this with, with Coastal. Number two, I will participate in the 40 day Easter fast. Now, I know we hadn't talked about that yet. We uh, Internally here at Coastal, some of you are aware of this. We do this pretty regularly here at Coastal. But beginning next Sunday, okay, beginning next Sunday, that's February the 18th. Eat all the chocolate you want this week, okay, because February 18th is coming. Um, and then right on up until Good Friday, this year that's March the 30th, okay, that's 40 days. So for the next 40 days, you're saying, I'm going to participate in an Easter fast, a fast leading up to Easter Sunday. Now, why? Why do that? You know, there was a time that, you know, Jesus basically said, there are some strongholds in your life that are not going to be broken without prayer and fasting. And I just think it's one of these, one of these areas of your life that you could just commit to the Lord. Now, what is a fast? I mean, so don't worry. I mean, you're not going to eat anything for 40 days like Jesus, okay? I'm not, I'm not recommending that necessarily for you. But what I am saying is that you're going to make the choice, the decision in your own life, and you've got about a week to figure it out what it is for you. And if you sign up for this, we'll send you some information this week about fasting, you know, some extra reading and some, some little devotions from week to week to encourage you throughout this fast. But you figure it out for you. What is something physical that I could deny myself so that it would help focus my attention, my mind, my thoughts, my prayers spiritually. It would help me to grow spiritually. It would help me prepare myself for Easter Sunday. And here's what I want you, for many of you, here's what I want you to do too. I want you to tie it into your financial freedom. You know, maybe it is you deny yourself something. Maybe you start brown bagging it. You know, maybe you give up eating out. Maybe, I don't know what it is. Maybe for you, it's, it's time. You know, you give up a little bit of sleep so that you get up a little bit earlier and you commit your life to prayer. You know, I just really believe that if, if, if you're serious about, you know, financial freedom and you're serious about, you know, breaking this bondage and, and getting out of debt and all these other things that this is gonna be a key component to it. Which really leads me to number three, the third commitment. I will pray daily for financial freedom. I just believe that whatever you pray for, it becomes a priority in your life. If you pray for your marriage regularly every day, man, that becomes a priority. You pray for your your family. You pray for your health. It becomes a priority. And so start praying for your financial freedom. 
You know, if you will commit your financial life to God and you trust him, you'll trust him with it, he will help you to do it. In fact, that, that's really our final verse. Look at it there on your outline. Psalm 37.5, it says this. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him. And he will help you. Let me ask you. Have you ever truly committed your finances to God? Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. That's what this series is going to be all about. And I hope you'll join us for this adventure. But let me ask you a more important question. Have you trusted your life to the Lord? Have you trusted him? Have you put your faith and your trust in Christ and what he did for you. You know, that's the most important thing. You know, yeah, one day we're all going to die and we're gonna stand before God. And we're basically gonna be held accountable to two things, two questions. One, what did you do with Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him? And I'm not talking about religion, because by the way, getting into heaven's got nothing to do with how good you are. It's got nothing to do with church attendance. It's got nothing to do with keeping a long list of do's and don'ts. That's religion. Religion will do nothing for you except for get you cuts in, in the line to hell. That's it. I'm talking about a relationship with him. Have, have you accepted Christ into your life as your friend, your Lord, your Savior? Once you get that question right, the next question, in fact, the Bible talks about that, that our rewards in heaven are based on this next one. What did you do with everything else I gave you? In other words, did you live with an open hand? How did you leverage for the kingdom your time, your gifts, your abilities, your car, your home, your food, and yes, your money? But before we get to deal with the rewards in heaven, we gotta answer that first question. What about you? Have you asked Jesus Christ to come into your life as your, as your Savior, as your Lord? Listen, you can do that today. That's ultimately what we are praying for in this series. You know, that you'll come to know him. Because when you know him, you'll, you'll, you'll get it that it's okay to Trust him, and to trust him with everything. Why not do it today? Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I, I thank you for Jesus. Father, I thank you that, um, that you did and you do love this world and everybody in this room and everybody watching so much that you gave, you gave the very best, you gave your one and only son that, that whoever would just believe, whoever would put their, their faith and their trust in him and him alone, they would not perish, they would not, they would not die, but they would rise again and they would spend eternal life with you forever.
And they could experience not a pain-free life on this side of eternity, but they could experience purpose and joy and meaning. Father, thank you for that. And listen, if you're here today and you are ready to, to take that step, if you are ready to trust and ready to believe, pour out your heart to God right now and just pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you. I do believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he went to the cross for me. I I believe that he paid the penalty for my sin. I turn my back on all of that today and I turn toward Jesus. I put my trust in him and him alone. I believe not only did he go to the cross, but he rose from the dead and he is alive. I believe it. And now for the rest of my days, God, I just want to follow him. I want to become more and more like you see me today, brand new, forgiven, the slate wiped clean. Thank you. And now I just want to follow Jesus. And God, I do, all of us together, we want to give every area of our life over to you, including our finances. We love you, Father. We pray this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.